Chapter 9 of Stories of the Royal Humane Society by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Hero of the Humber. The life saving record of John Ellathorpe, foreman of the Humber Dock Gates, Hull, is one which has seldom been equalled. During the long period of forty years, he saved the lives of thirty nine persons and we do not wonder that the people of Hull, proud of the fact that he was their townsman, gave him the name of the Hero of the Humber. The history of no other man more fully displays the value of the art of swimming. Ellathorpe was born at Rawcliffe, and as a boy he spent much of his time in the water. His mother, knowing the evil results which often follow too frequent bathing, gave him many a good flogging, hoping to break him of what she regarded as a bad habit, but all to no purpose. On the first opportunity, he again returned to the river. At the age of fourteen, he went to sea in a coaster, trading between Hull and London, and for the next twenty-five years, he followed the calling of a sailor. On one of his voyages, he had a very narrow escape of losing his life. He fell overboard during a gale, and was carried rapidly away from the vessel. Encumbered with his heavy clothes of thick pilot cloth, and wearing a pair of Wellington boots, he was unable to swim, and it required all his strength and courage to keep himself afloat. He could easily have thrown off some of his clothing, but in the pockets there was a sum of money which had been entrusted to him by his employers, and he determined to perish rather than to lose it. At length, after he had been in this perilous position for over half an hour, a boat from the ship came to his rescue. Ellathorpe's exploits as a lifesaver date from the year 1820, and from that time, almost until the day of his death, he never refused to risk his own life to save that of a fellow creature. He used often to say that he always had a deep and unaccountable impression that he had been born to save human life. The danger incurred in jumping into the water to the assistance of a drowning person is very great. So great, indeed, that many expert swimmers shrink from it. But to Ellathorpe it became a kind of second nature. By day and by night, in summer and in winter, he never hesitated for a moment. From great heights to greater depths he plunged to the rescue of drowning persons, and brought them from under vessels at anchor, and from below rafts of timber, and what is more remarkable still, never without success. In after life, when recounting some of his experiences, he said, In some instances they seize me by the shoulder or arm, then I have left hold of them, and, throwing both my arms into the water, I have managed to reach the shore. In other instances, 
i found them so exhausted that they were incapable of taking hold of me and in these cases i had to carry them as a mother carries her child in two or three instances i thought they were dead and bore them up in my arms when suddenly with great strength they sprang on my head and oftener than once under these circumstances i was on the point of being drowned the first person whom he rescued was his father the lad was at this time only fourteen years old mr ellerthorpe had charge of the ferry-boat from hessel to barton and one night while they were crossing a gale sprang up and the waves began to rise high in the humber a sudden lurch of the boat threw the old man overboard without a moment's delay his son followed him into the water and when his father came to the surface he seized hold of him and managed with great difficulty to bring him to the boat telling him to hold on a minute the boy swam to the shore where he obtained help to lift his father on board and they reached home without further mishap in august eighteen thirty three a little girl named mary ann day about six years of age fell from a steamer into the harbour the screams of the mother and the shouts of the passengers brought ellerthorpe on the scene throwing off his coat he plunged into the water swam to the child and brought her ashore the little one was none the worse for her ducking and when she had changed her clothes her mother brought her to thank her preserver now she said what will you give this brave man for saving your life a kiss replied the child a reward which ellerthorpe was not slow to accept and he afterwards remarked oh what a kiss it was i felt myself well paid for my trouble two years later he had the narrowest escape of losing his life it was sunday afternoon and the docks were crowded with people suddenly the cry a man overboard was heard ellerthorpe who was standing about a hundred yards away rushed to the rescue but found the greatest difficulty in getting near on account of the crowd of people all anxious to see without the slightest intention of doing anything pushing his way to the edge of the dock he asked where the man had gone in someone said he went in just there pointing between the wall and the paddle box of the steamer calder lying alongside ellerthorpe dived and in spite of the muddy state of the water and the consequent difficulty he had in finding the object of his search he succeeded in bringing him to the surface at the side of the steamer seizing hold of one of the paddle wheels he clung to it to recover his breath when those who were on board rushed to that side this caused the vessel to heel over and again rescued and rescuer were plunged overhead in the water with but little chance of escape
Fortunately, help was at hand. The captain, who had been asleep in his cabin, now came on deck, and seeing how matters stood, shouted, You are drowning them! His words had the desired effect. The people had not thought of that before, and they now hastened to make up for their thoughtlessness by rushing to the other side of the vessel, thus lifting Ellathorpe high out of the water. When they were taken out of the dock, both were insensible, and for a time the hero's life was in danger. Skilful medical attention at length brought him round, but he was ill for several days. The boy, whom he rescued, quickly recovered and went away, nor did he even come back to thank the man who had saved his life, almost at the cost of his own. A few months later, Ellathorpe was engaged as watchman on board the New Holland Packet. On the night of the 19th of November, 1835, a heavy gale was blowing, accompanied by blinding showers of sleet. He was in the act of closing the cabin door, preparatory to making everything snug for the night, when he heard a splash. Running on deck, he sang out, Is anyone overboard? The pier was deserted, and he received no answer. He peered into the darkness, but failed to discover anyone. Just as he was about to go below again, he thought he heard a groan at the stern of the ship. Looking over, he saw a figure struggling in the water, and at once dived. Almost before he was aware of it, he was seized by the drowning man, and they both sank. Unfortunately, the man had got his arms and legs round Ellathorpe in such a manner that he could not swim, and was therefore quite powerless. They rose again, and he managed by a desperate effort to free one arm and strike out for the shore. After a terrible and ever-to-be-remembered struggle, in which they turned round and round many times, he reached the steps at the end of the pier. The rescued man took hold of the rail and walked up the stair without as much as casting a glance at his preserver, who, quite exhausted, had not sufficient strength to raise himself out of the water, but clung helplessly to the side. At length, he managed to crawl to the top of the steps on his hands and knees. There he found the man whom he had saved, crying most piteously. Ellathorpe started for home, but he was so weak and ill that he must have perished from exhaustion had not the engineer of the ship come along at that moment. Seeing his mate in such a wretched condition, he asked him what had happened. "'I have been overboard saving a young man,' replied Ellathorpe, "'and I feel very bad. I can scarcely stand.' The engineer gladly assisted him, and on the way gave him a lecture on what he called the foolishness of his conduct. "'Thou wilt be drowned some night,' 
for there never was such a fool as thou art does thou think anybody but thyself would jump overboard on a night like this no there is not another such fool in england after a change of clothes ellathorpe felt better and was able to return to his duties this rescue created great excitement in hull and a proposal was made that he should be allowed two pounds per week to walk round the pier and docks that he might be ready to rescue anyone who fell into the water the royal humane society awarded him the silver medal accompanied by their thanks on vellum quickness both of body and mind are absolutely indispensable in saving life from drowning and both of these qualifications ellathorpe possessed in a remarkable degree on one occasion his promptness of action was aptly described he plunged into the harbour and rescued a boy the son of one of his friends the child's mother said to him what did you think george when you were in the water oh mother replied the little fellow i hadn't time to think mr ellathorpe caught me directly one day a young lady when coming ashore from a steamer slipped from the gangway and fell into the water ellathorpe sprang at once to her assistance and found that she was fast among some timber both were in great peril for the tide was coming in he knew that if it rose another foot and found them still in the same position both would be drowned prompt in thought as he was in action he readily found a way out of the difficulty grasping the young lady in his arms he told her that their only chance of life was to dive under the timbers without waiting for her to raise any objections he put his plan into operation the crowd on the pier thought that they were drowned but in a few seconds they reappeared and were taken ashore in a boat amid the hearty cheers of the bystanders there was one strongly marked characteristic in the life of this remarkable man he made a rule not to allow himself to be persuaded to accept any reward from those whom he rescued though at the same time nothing gave him greater satisfaction than when they came and thanked him personally for his services on one occasion however he departed from this rule while he was shutting the dock gate a woman came along and being in a hurry she would not wait until the bridge was properly closed in stepping across the gap she missed her footing and went headlong into the water ellathorpe followed and with little difficulty brought her to the bridge where he held her until a boat came to their assistance the woman was very grateful for her rescue and never crossed over the bridge without calling at the watch-house to inquire for her preserver on the following christmas she astonished ellathorpe by calling at his house 
and presenting him with a duck he knew that she was too poor to afford such a luxury and therefore he refused to accept the present saying that her gratitude was a sufficient reward for what he had done she however was not of his way of thinking and declared that she had intended all along to buy him a goose but not having sufficient money she had been forced to content herself with a duck under the circumstances it was impossible to refuse and for the only time in his life ellathorpe accepted a reward from a person he had rescued as we have already said ellathorpe saved thirty-nine persons these included three little girls fifteen youths six women and fifteen men the royal humane society conferred on him many testimonials of honour besides the silver medal and his townsman presented him with a purse of a hundred guineas he died in eighteen sixty eight and his funeral was attended by hundreds many of whom came from different parts of the country to pay the last tribute of respect to one who had so often risked his life to save the lives of others End of chapter nine